All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. On this one, I want to do something a little bit different. I wanted to have two agents that work with me on our team here in Connecticut, one in company. Uh, these are two agents that are relatively new in terms of years, but not in experience in the industry. What I mean by that is they have both been highly productive right out of the gates in their career. Uh, it puts them right in the top one percentile of all agents in Connecticut, and both of them are what less than two years license? Or you're Victoria? You're I'm two a little years? more like three. Three yeah. years. Okay, so three years. You're right at the one, one year, year, one year point. So it, it, that's just in terms of years being licensed, but uh, again, tons of experience within that time period. And there's a lot of people right now, obviously in Connecticut, but all across the country, that are thinking about getting into real estate right now. There's also a lot of people with COVID that are on their way out. Uh, so, so there's people coming in, people coming out, uh, but for those that are thinking about getting into this industry or maybe new that don't have any experience, that's, those are really the, the individuals that should be listening to this conversation because they can all learn a lot from you. Or if you've just been in it forever and not doing any business, then you could learn a lot from Victoria and Emily. So Victoria, why don't we start with you, introduce yourself and then, uh, Emily, you can introduce yourself, give it like a little I don't know, quick little background of what you guys were doing before you got into real estate and then why you wanted to get into to real estate. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm Victoria. Um, I am 25 years old. Um, many people think I'm older than that, so I always like I agree. to throw that out there. I agree with that. Very mature, <laughs> yes. 25-year-old. Um, so I actually got into real estate um, right when I finished up college. Um, I, I took the, the licensing course my senior year. Um, and then that summer, I kind of got right into it. Um, so I don't have a previous career. This is my everything. I put my all into it. Um, and yeah, I got it. Oh, go ahead. Did you graduate college? I did. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's interesting. Both both uh, Victoria and Emily both have lots of degrees. Yep. Yeah. I have a Between degree in business administration and a concentration in marketing. So it kind of relates yeah. a little bit. Sure. Um, and, you know, I always get the question, why did I get into real estate? There's not like a straight answer, but like I remember growing up and I was always just interested in houses. I would make my mom take me to open houses. Obviously, I was a little kid. She would come up with some fake story as to why we were there. Um, but I just loved being in houses, looking at the different types of houses. Um, so I don't know. I always had some type of connection to it. After making up all those fake stories, now you know the fake stories. From the real <laughs> I know ones. exactly. Yeah. I'm on the other side yeah, of it. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, how about you? And Emily, another tons of degrees, more than the one degree, right? Yes, stacking I do. them up. All, all right. right. So my name is Emily. Um, I've lived in Madison, Connecticut, basically my whole life. Um, and after I graduated from high school, I went to Bryn Mawr College, which is an all women's school. Um, very unlike me, if you know me. Um, but I majored in psychology. I thought, you know, it helps you to learn about people. And so um, in the grand scheme of things, it definitely helps me nowadays, um, for sure. After college, I went into teaching. So I was at a boarding school in Wallingford. I was working at Choate um, and was enjoying it. Um, and we part of the agreement was you get free housing on campus and so i lived in some really cool old houses in wallingford um and right out of college i was in this 1800s home five bedrooms all by myself um 
super cool way to start at 21. Um, and honestly was how I started getting interested in homes. Um, and once I met my now husband, we decided, okay, it might make more sense for us to have our own home. That was always a goal, dream of mine, own my own home as soon as possible. Um, so he switched careers. I ended up switching to teaching at a day school in New London. Um, and so when we did that, we no longer had the free housing um, through the boarding school. So we bought a house in Madison ourselves. Um, I was at the, uh, the day school for two years. Um, and in between there, I also went down to New Orleans for a year and got a degree in cell and molecular biology. So wow, uh, <laughs> slightly different. Don't get too far into that. Cause you're going to lose me and probably a whole lot <laughs> of other too. people. A lot about the brain though, which was cool. Again, kind of plays off of my psychology degree. So, um, I think it's still helpful things I use today when Absolutely. I am analyzing my buyers and their psychoses. So, um, wow. that sounds like a, I don't know. Is that, is that a technical term? Psychoses? Yeah. All right. It is. I don't want you analyzing my psychoses. I, won't. I won't. Maybe Victoria, but yeah. that's right. We'll have a little side session. Go ahead. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was in, um, the day school and had, one daughter at that point, I was pregnant with my second daughter um, and COVID hit. Um, I knew I wanted to go into real estate, but it was really hard to leave a paycheck um, that I was getting regularly. Granted, I wasn't making anywhere near what I wanted to be making financially. Um, and I thought, you know, I really want to do something where the amount of work I put into my job is going to reflect how much I make. Um, and if I work my ass off, I don't know, can I swear? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not a swear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Work my ass off. Well, let's not get you know, crazy. Can I, <laughs> am I able to, you know, have that be reflective of um, what I'm doing? So um, I got my license during a summer and then I went back to teaching and then COVID hit um, and I was remote teaching from home, started to jump into it fully the next summer. Um, I was seven months pregnant when I started that. Um, which was a challenge, but also kept me moving and um, was probably very good for my own mental health to be up and moving and talking with people. Um, and, you know, so much support here, so many different resources available to us um, that I was able to hit the ground running. So my first stint in real estate has been here with one and company, and I can't imagine doing it anywhere else. Um, I don't know. I, there's no way I'd be as successful as I am without what Byron here has provided to well, us. Well, it's, it's interesting. You had, like you said, um, a child two months after, you know, really going full time in, into real estate. And so in nine months, Emily put together like 20 deals, uh, having two children, one, you know, one child in between already being a mother to two, uh, or at that point, a mother to two and, and just put in the work and, and really went all the way in. I want to get, you said, you know, you've only been part of the team atmosphere your, your whole career. Victoria has not. So we'll get that kind of um, difference there in a little bit. But both of you made such a significant investment into your education uh, and then decided to go into sales, which obviously, like me, you don't need an, an education to do sales. Real estate, you need, you need the license. In Connecticut, you need the 60-hour course and that's it. And then pass the test. You had... Both of you are hard workers, so you both had tons of options, I would imagine, to go any direction you'd want to with your career. Why specifically sales? I know like, you know, you talked about being interested in homes, but what makes sales different 
than anything else you could have uh, picked. Well, I think it goes back to what Emily said about like you want your hard work to pay off. You know, like if you have a nine to five job, you're going to get paid the same amount regardless of how hard you work or how little you work. Um, and, you know, for me, I knew I did not want like the nine to five life. I didn't want mm. somebody to tell me like where I had to be. You wanted I... to be answering emails in Greece while you're planning yeah. your wedding. Yeah. Well, it's funny. <laughs> I, made a, story. I made a real yesterday and it said, you know, I didn't want to work nine to five. So now I work 24 seven and yeah. it's so true. Um, but like I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I think like if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work right. all the time. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't, it's funny because I don't look at what I do as sales necessarily. Like I kind of hate that term. I think it gets yeah. about no, most rep. people do. Most people hate it and they cringe when I even say it. If they're like a real estate agent and I'm like, Hey, you're in sales. Most people cringe like, no, no, no I'm not in sales. So like, and you are, you're helping I mean, It people. definitely is. Yeah. yeah. I just, I don't, for some reason, I don't think of it as that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you hit the nail right on the head. You just want, you know, the um, hard work you put in to really pay off and be able to benefit from it. And when I say sales, you know, p people start thinking uh, like car. First of all, I love car I wish I started in car sales. Honestly, <laughs> I really do. I always say this. I wish at 18, I didn't make all the mistakes. I didn't. I just went right into car sales. I, I would have been better off doing that. But, you know, at the end of the day, wh what I mean by that is we are paid off of sales commissions. We're 100 percent commission there. You know, we're not W2. There's no guaranteed salary. You know, there's not even a base that you can draw from. It's just, you know, in, in 60 days after you start, you're going to get your first paycheck if you do a deal like in your first week. Right. And so but ultimately, I think people that are really good at this don't look at it as sales. They look at it as helping people buy, sell and invest. Right. Right. But, Relationship building. So you, you, what you were doing in teachers, people that actually care about people. Right. And you get into <laughs> yes. teaching because you care about people. Uh, tend to do really well in this business was, but, but it's a totally different way of being paid, being W2, being guaranteed, right. you know, you know what you're going to make throughout the whole year and going into a sales commission environment. Why the big switch? Um, you know, working with children, it's amazing, but it's exhausting. Um, you have so many different personalities that you're working with at the same time and you're trying to get everyone to a certain level. Um, and here it's great when you're working with a couple or one individual and you get to really focus in on their exact wants and needs and to help teach them where they're at. Um, and so I love being able to use those skills from teaching and transferring that over here um, to help people learn about, you know, this is what an appraisal is and why it's important. This is what it means if we are going to waive an inspection contingency um, and really just walking them through the steps. Um, and, you know, Victoria and I in particular have really been working on creating those steps along the way um, and, and making sure that people are learning as they go. Um, we've been working a lot together on farming certain neighborhoods. Um, she has different neighborhoods than me, but you know we collaborate together. And I really like that aspect of real estate as well, where we're on a team and everyone has their own goals and different neighborhoods that we are focusing in on. But um, we're able to collaborate and we both grow from each other um, and what the other one's doing. So that's been huge to me. Um, I was really worried when I went into real estate that it was going to be really competitive. You're on a team, but we're all in the same area. Trust me, there's enough homes for everybody. Yeah, I don't think everybody. we don't compete like against yeah. each other. Right. We kind we of make each other better. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could bring up the MLS right now and there are so many more sales happening in our MLS 
then there are agents with goals on our team in our broke like any you could slice this up a number of ways there are so many closing i mean the last 12 months in, in our mls there's been uh fi almost fifty eight thousand close sales wow. right so like wow. you know th there's lots of opportunities out there that's just connecticut that's not even including greenwich so uh there's lots of opportunities emily's been part of a team if you've listened to any of my content you know i am a big believer on being on a team nobody's ever accomplished anything great in this world alone everybody's been part of a team you can look at michael phelps solo s swimmer well, the minute he gets out of the pool, he's talking to his coach. He's talking to his nutrition coach. He has a whole team of people around him. Michael Jordan used to go get coaches outside of having the greatest coach of all time. There's just so many examples of anybody accomplishing something great. They've got a team around them. People that have been voted president. They've got a whole entire team helping them get there, right? Victoria did chose not to start on a team. She went all solo. It was all solo, yes. So tell us, you know, how it was... Going, coming into this industry alone, building a solo career, which, by the way, you found tremendous success both ways. So, I did. Uh, you know, there's yeah. you, you did have success out of the gates. Um, just what, what's the difference between going at this alone and then being on a team? Yeah, I mean, you know, being a solo agent, obviously, it's a very lonely road. I know that's kind of a cliche. Um, I personally, I was 21 when I started. So I had, you know, that kind of, I thought it was working against me being so young and experienced. I thought people wouldn't trust me. I didn't really have the self-confidence that I have now. Um, but, you know, I was fully alone. I didn't, I didn't know where to start, you mm. know? And of course, like, you know, the offices have managers and this and that, but they're so well into their careers. Like they couldn't really relate to what I was feeling and what I needed. Um, 21 was a long time ago for a lot of real estate managers out there. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I still say to this day that I'm really shocked that I have stuck with it to get to where I am because I probably had more bad days than good days. Were there moments uh, being alone, you know, building a solo career where you were like, yeah, I'm probably a month away from quitting or, or did you never get to that point? Oh, I, like every other day. Every other day. I felt like that. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, Just... it. It was, it was How about hard. now? Any days no, like that now? Okay. No. <laughs> good. 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 Not anymore, but yeah, it was, it was really difficult. Um, yeah. you know, just, I think more mentally, I didn't have the motivation. I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the team to back me up and give me ideas and, you know, just the support. And that's really what I think helped pushes me here. I mean, now I'm a couple of years into it when I joined one in company. So I do have a little bit more experience behind me, mm -hmm. but I mean, nothing motivates me more than being surrounded by the right people. And that's what I would always say. I would tell the managers for the, you know, in the offices I was with, this is what I'm looking for, blah, blah, blah. And it just was never there. It was. Yeah. They, they just hear those a lot of times and, and I'm not going to put every manager in the same category, but a lot of managers just hear these things and they think, oh, well, we have, you know, a couple of videos online you can check out. And they think that that's check the box training when it's what you're talking about is support and something that we talk about a lot on the team. You didn't mention the word, but it is accountability. Oh, absolutely. Like being a part of something that, okay, I know I've got to do this to get that, or like, you know, there's certain ways I've got to do the business. That is all accountability. Yeah. And I think too, like I watch my, you know, Emily, Heidi, everyone else doing so well. Like, I don't want to suck. I don't want to like show up to the office. <laughs> 
and not, you know, have any transactions or, you know, not be productive. I don't like it just pushes me to be a better me. I'm like more competitive with myself, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, yeah, and- I think competition is a huge thing. I think a lot of us on this team are really competitive. And for me, what really fueled me at the beginning was so many people told me, are you sure you're going to go into 100% commission-based work? Like, can you do it? You're leaving this paycheck. What's your backup plan? And I'm like, I don't need a backup plan. Like, I will do this and I'm going to prove to you that I'll do it. Um, And that really fueled me once I started getting things under contract and closing deals for me to see that that growth and that progress. Um, And even just, you know, accountability, as we said, within the group. Um, You know, Victoria and I text each other, 9 p.m. last night. Okay, we need to phrase this in a contract. How do we do it? We know the other one's going to be up and available to to help out. Um, so competition, I guess, with ourselves, but also you know, it's it's nice to have people in front of you that are doing so well, and those are goals to to really reach reach towards as well. Well, because you will, and a huge cliche thing, right? You will average up to the people you surround yourself with. If you're working for a company or, you know, an environment like the school system, whatever, uh, and everybody is, especially in the school system, it's like a, you know, the union thing. So everybody's making the same amount or there's certain levels, right? This many years, tenureship, you make that much or whatever, right? So everybody knows everybody's making. I, I've worked in places like this. I've worked at uh, a, a facility that built nuclear submarines for uh, the Navy. We had one customer. Imagine having one customer, right? <laughs> I had one customer in the Navy. Uh, everybody made the same amount of money. And then a nuclear power plant after that, everybody made the same amount of money. The mentality when when everybody's making the same amount is, oh, you'll never find something better than this. You can't leave. Everybody that leaves this little safety net always fails. They always have all the examples written down of all the people that failed, but they never have a list of all the people that left and succeeded. Right. Because they're afraid that if you leave and succeed, it's going to make them feel less than. They're afraid about somebody going instead of an environment like what we've built where it's like, hey, get better today. Everybody should be getting better. Everybody should be, should be improving. Everybody should be climbing the ladder. Everybody should be growing where there's an encouragement to do that. In an environment like that, they, they want people to stay in it because they're not getting better. They're not moving forward. Right. So they don't want to see anyone else do it. it it's totally different mindset every single day. It's totally different energy. It, it, when I was in those environments, it was very depressing for me. I mean, I 19 and 21, I bought three homes, went completely bankrupt by my mid-20s, took the nuclear um, power plant job just because it was a, a pay grade from submarine job. My father's like, you're going to hate it. It's absolutely not for you. But I was like, you know, oh, I think the money's going to solve the problem. The money never solves the problem. The income never solves the problem. It's what, how do I feel about what I'm doing every single day? What energy is it giving me? And if I'm truly getting better and improving myself every single day, then the money's going to follow. And I was going into that job just completely like depressed about my situation, the people surrounding me. And you get stuck in those environments. My dad got stuck in that environment for 30 years, was miserable doing that kind of job because there's so much negativity surrounding him. And I'm just so thankful that like we're creating an environment together where it's like, let's push further, let's go. And whatever people's goal, everybody on the team has different goals, right? And we talk about competition. Sometimes people don't love all the competition. They just want to hit their personal goal. But when we're supporting each other to get to the place that they want to get to, 
it's a beautiful thing and you want to show up again. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what would you guys say somebody who's maybe in that situation that is just can't figure out how to break away? What would be your like break away from a situation they, they don't enjoy? Maybe we'll start Emily with you because you did it from, you know, leaving teaching. You enjoy the teaching, but not the environment, right? So right. you're in an environment you don't like. How do you actually break away, rip the bandaid off and go into a uh, environment where it's all on you? It's 100% sales commission. Well, I think there's a big generational difference as well, similar to your dad, Byron. You know, my parents have had the same career for extended periods of time. And it's almost just sort of the mindset of, well, it works. It pays the bills. Not everybody loves their job. And it's the way it's always been. I know. Exactly. So um, everyone was like, it's OK. You don't have to love your job as long as, you know, you're bringing home what you need to. You'll be fine at home. Um, as and long as you can go to Chili's once a week, Emily, you're going to be fine. Just... <laughs> For the big beers. You yeah. Know, that's yeah, important. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was really hard because I had a lot of older people telling me, you know, a job's a job. It's your family at home that matters the most. And as long as you can have that time with them, then, you know, stick with it. Um, and it was, I don't know what, what it was. I mean, I think meeting Byron and just hearing his passion, um, I arrived early and he was doing a podcast. Um, and so I got to listen to him do that as I was waiting and just kind of take in the environment. I had like 20 minutes to myself just looking around and thinking, oh my gosh, I could work here. I could be with these people. Um, that really fueled me. Um, and it was a leap and it was really scary. Um, especially when you have two kids at home, it's like if I do zero deals, I bring home zero dollars. Great. Um, so I, I think you have to have support from somewhere. Um, and it's really hard when you don't, I'm not sure about you, Victoria, if you felt like you had yeah, that support. I definitely feel like I have it now, but mm -hmm. before, I mean, so, you know, I never did the typical job. Like I said, I got right into this as like my first career just because I knew this is the life I wanted. Um, but beforehand, yeah, I, I, I wasn't in a good place being a solo agent, you know, financially or mentally. I just, it wasn't working. And I think you messaged me on Instagram. I think every person on the team sent me a message and I was ignoring them because I, I thought I, like, I didn't, really know how a team worked and I thought they're going to take all my money. They're going to, you know, I'm not going to have my, my name and it's going to be all one in company. And that's totally not what it is. It's everything that I've been looking for. I just, it was right in front of me and I, I was, there are teams out there that, you know, will push down the, the team members names. Yeah, right? definitely. And, and so, a lot of them do. And I think that's yeah. what I was hung up on. Yeah. That, I saw that happen. That's where a lot of agents get hesitant. It's like, I, I want my own name. It's one of the reasons why this is one in company and not, you know, somebody's name on top. It should be about the individual agents building the individual brand. And so what other like fears did you have about team besides like the name, the money? I think that was pretty much it. Um, yeah. I just, like I said, I thought like this, like, majority of my money would go to the team and not to me. Um, and you know, I thought, like I said, that my, I wouldn't be able to build a brand and that's totally not the case, but that was something, you know, really, really important to me. You know, I see a lot of, you see these top agents and you know, they have their own name and that's what people know them by. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I can still keep my identity. Um, but you know, also have the team behind me and backing me and supporting me. And that's exactly what, what this is this business and if you if you're following it all right now um 
maybe if you're just thinking about getting in, you're not following this, but uh, Department of Justice, you know, is uh, basically suing National Association of Realtors in the way uh, the commissions are, are handed out. Between that, between uh, the way Zillow and all these kind of companies are, are changing the landscape of how leads are collected in this in this industry, an, an agent, whether individual or on a team, is going to have to do lots of transactions per year to you know have a guaranteed six-figure income each and every year. Well, the average agent right now does like four to eight transactions. That might work in you know Newport Beach, four to eight transactions. Right. But the majority of the country, 98% of markets, four to eight transactions is not going to work. We're, we're, we're talking, you know, poverty level, four to eight transactions after your expenses and the time that you put into, into this business. So like you both figure out a way to do a lot of transactions per year. That's what you've got to figure out. If you're thinking about getting into this business, how do I put myself in an environment? Whether it's like literally... I've got so much money saved up that I'm going to go hire five W-2s to support my solo agent business, which I would argue is a team anyways, or I'm going to be part of a team. How do I put myself in an environment to do a lot of transactions right out of the gates? Because that's going to be the only way you make it the way things are shaping up uh, right now in this industry. You also had, you say you didn't have support, but you also have um, your fiance. Mm-hmm. who is a highly successful entrepreneur. He is. So at least you had that. That's different, I think, than most people who have, like what Emily's talking about, you know, my family, no entrepreneurs. Uh, it's it's very, you know, different, you know, foreign to people that have never started a business, have never been in sales. You did have that support. Well, I, I think I have to say that that he is probably the only reason that I was able to get through those darker times of being a solo agent and stick with it. I mean, he was right by my side when I wanted to quit, when I couldn't do it anymore. I'd be crying and, you know, he would, you know, sometimes he wouldn't know what to say because he felt bad because he saw me so unhappy. Mm. He didn't want me to, you know, have to feel like this anymore. But he also, you know, made me realize that you just, you know, it it takes a little bit of time. You have to stick with it. You kind of have to change your mindset too. That's a big part of it that was hard for me. Um, But honestly, he probably is the sole reason that I'm where I am today. Sure. Because he, he, you know, when I didn't have the team motivation and support, he was my support and my motivation. You know, he, you know, he's an entrepreneur. He has family of entrepreneurs, family of entrepreneurs. He has the freedom to travel, to, you know, take a day off. And I'm like, well, am I going to be, you know, if I quit this and go the nine to five route, which I absolutely didn't want to do, I'm not going to be able to do all of that with him. We're going to have, you know, we have this life we want that we've envisioned and, now I'm going to take a step back and we're going to have total separate paths, yep. you know? And um, he he definitely kept me on track, you know, as much as he could. And But like I said, I, I truly believe that's he's the reason that I was able to get through those dark times and stick with it. And, you know, I would talk to him. He would he, I talked about one company to him many, many times. You know, he does, he's not in real estate, so he doesn't fully understand every all the details. But whatever I wanted to do, he would support me. He would give me his advice as an outsider, um, and he was he was just by my side the whole time, and he still is. It's so overwhelming in the beginning because it's okay. Do I have enough money to, to make it to next month? Right? There's that. It's like I've got to survive. How do I get clients early on without having that reputation and that trust built in? 
with a whole bunch of past clients that can can refer you where and who do I have these types of conversations with where I'm just bouncing things off of people or I'm looking for some, some support, whether emotional or, you know, or business support. And so you're trying to put all this stuff together. The first three to five years in a real estate career are no question going to be the hardest. You're building the whole foundation. You're trying to get to 200 past clients. So you have that annuity of automatically like, Hey, Emily, just come with my house. Like, I already know you from so-and-so like I, we, I don't, don't, you don't need to like, just bring the paperwork. I'm ready to go. Like those conversations is what you're trying to get to. Cause then when you get to that point, say three years, five years, you know, seven years, somewhere in there in your career, you can like, Oh, I'm going to take time off. I'm going to be able to do all these things. I don't have to necessarily worry about where the business is coming. I know I've built enough trust in the market that it's automatically coming to me and I can work. Now I want to go farm. You guys are talking about farming. I can go farm this area because I'm just, all I'm working on now is just bringing my price point up $100,000, my right. average price point up $150,000. But the beginning is where you're putting all that time in as opposed, and, and it pays off in the end if you stick with it. If you just always are changing careers, always changing what you're doing, then you're always restarting. But if you put that time in the beginning, it's going to pay off in the end and you're going to meet so many interesting people in real estate. It may be like, I'm investing in this business over here. I'm buying investment properties. Right. Uh, I'm working on multis, you know, those kind of things. What, what advice kind of to kind of wrap this up for somebody who's going to come into this industry, if you had to pick, um, and let's not say join a team or anything like that. Like obviously everybody knows how, how we feel about that, but just like tactical top three things that a new agent should be focusing their time on whether it's, you know, take it any direction you want. Emily, you can start. I think the one big thing that people look at when they're trying to choose where they want to go is the commission split. But I've told so many people, you know, what's 0%, uh, you know, if you have zero deals, even if you make 90% of that, you know, 90% of zero is still $0. What's so. 100% of the average? If you do four to six deals with like the average agent, keep 100%, which right. is impossible because you don't right. have expenses. But if, you, if I had a magic wand, you keep 100%, what's 100% of the average? Right. Not very good. Exactly. So, you know, you want to get to a point, like Byron said, where you have so many deals going on that you don't even, you can't even count how many there are. And you're not nickel and diming to figure out, oh, how much am I going to make from this deal, this deal, this deal? Um, and when you're a part of a group where you are constantly fed leads, it's an amazing way to start a business. And for me, having no experience in real estate whatsoever. Obviously, I had my parents who have lived in Connecticut for their entire life. Um, you know, I thought that I would get a lot of referrals from them. And honestly, some of my parents' referrals have been the worst referrals that I've gotten. Um, they will cancel on me last minute. Um, and so to really start to build that backbone for people to trust you and know that you do the business, you need someone to help give you that backbone. So for us, we get so many leads. And it wasn't until I closed my first, you know, six Zillows that I had people start reaching out to me saying, hey, so you're doing a lot of business. I see you out there all day, every day. Social you're doing proof. it full time. Exactly. Yeah. The social proof is has been a big part of it. So both Victoria and I maybe do a little too much Instagramming, <laughs> but uh, we, we definitely do the social proof. And um, definitely we, follow both of these on Instagram. We'll link that up. Um, so yeah, I think making sure that you're a part of a great team culture, even if you're not on a team, being with surrounding yourself by people that are motivated and driven is huge. Yeah. I mean, 
what you said in there, I think is probably the most important thing. This is a, a numbers game, right? So if you're just trying to be the most profitable off of each and every transaction, you're missing out on that one opportunity. There's so many deals I think we've all done in our career where it's like, man, when I really boil down all the hours I put into that, I made no money. But when they introduce you to two, three more people that are just like them and the ones where you're like, I made no money, but I just love them. I like, I enjoyed working with them. Typically they will introduce you to two or three more people that are similar to them that you enjoy working with. And that's where the payoff comes. It is a long-term investment by doing the right thing, putting the work in and knowing that it's going to come back if you do a good job. If you do a crappy job, yeah, nothing's going to come back to you. I think we're talking about like advice here for somebody getting in, yeah. just getting in. Like where the, what should they focus on? So I think I would say, you know, right from the beginning, right from the get-go, be consistent with mm-hmm. whatever you choose to do, whatever your plan is, whatever your goals are. If you're going to farm, be consistent. They say you should, you know, send it out every month. It's going to take you over a year it's to gonna, start seeing results Absolutely, from it. but do that. If you're going to cold call, set a plan, you know, a calendar. If you're going to do it an hour a day, whatever it is, stick to it. And that's where you'll see the results. And Consistency. it goes back, like for me personally, I, I wasn't doing that when I was a solo agent. And then I came here and I kind of saw what everyone else was doing. And you guys provide all of the resources to be able to do it. Um, so I kind of set up a plan for myself. And that's really, I think, what has propelled my business as well, being consistent, doing the things I'm supposed to do, following up, prospecting, lead generating, and just sticking to it. I mean, I have days when I don't want to do it. I have times where my schedule might get in the way or it changes, showings pop up, but I still make an effort to, you know, stick to it, get it done because I know that the results will follow. That's where that accountability comes in uh, so much. It's if, if you're out there all alone and you don't want to do something, it's a lot easier to be like, yeah, you know, I'll get that I'll set tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, I'll go buy a new planner from Target, and that's really gonna, <laughs> that's really gonna set me up for success here tomorrow. I'm gonna, I'll start planning it all out. I'll all right, color code it, add some stickers. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's new, every new agent's downfall right there. I'm so impressed with what both of you guys have accomplished, like early on in your career. There's no question whether. Both of you guys have the ambitions that even with or without the team, you guys were going to have massive success in this industry. Uh, you know, I'm a little biased. So I think you're going to get there even quicker. But I'm just impressed by the way you go about your business and put in the work and show up every single day and outwork the far majority of this industry, not just here in Connecticut, but but nationwide by showing up every day and having that grit to do it and the determination. Uh, love working with you both. Thanks for coming on. We're going to link you guys all the information up so you guys can go follow both Victoria and Emily. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much. Thank you.